Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in to Vern's Post Game Show. Massey not stopping at second and slides into third with a two-run triple. Here's Josh Vernier. All right, good evening. 4-3, the final score. Tough one tonight, huh? Not the fact that they lost, just the way that they lost. Tough one. A strange way to lose. Royals drop game three of this four-game series. They'll look to salvage a split in Beantown tomorrow night, 6-10 for the first pitch. Again, I'll have the on-deck show for you at 5 o'clock. Austin Cox serving as the opener for Alec Marsh. Um, yeah, they lost their 42 games below 500. If you watch the game, you know why I'm saying it was strange. We can get into it. We can talk about the goofy moments in this game that instead of a one-run loss, it could have been a one-run victory. Uh, to be honest with you, that really doesn't interest me. Um, what interests me is MJ Melendez, two home runs tonight, a 440-foot, uh, no, a 445-foot blast in the second inning. Very reminiscent of the MJ Melendez that many of us fell in love with a season ago. And then in the fourth inning, he goes to the opposite field. Now you're starting to see the guy that not only many of us fell in love with last season, but you're seeing the guy that had me put him in my core last season, whatever that's worth. Obviously, I'm not the one making the decisions, but as we talk about this team on a nightly basis, when, when, when 2022 came to its end, it was Bobby, it was Salvi, it was Singer, it was Vinny, and it was MJ. Now, we all know MJ got off to a very disappointing start to the season, but now suddenly finds himself third on the team with a dozen home runs. MJ's hit six home runs in his last 21 starts. Hit six home runs in his first 83. So I'm interested. Am I too tough on MJ? Because I said earlier today with Cody and Gold that MJ can't change my opinion of him down the stretch. That the questions I have about him right now are the same questions I'm going to have when spring training starts next season. Because what we're seeing of late from MJ, uh, hitting 281 since the All-Star break, has a hit in 19 of his last 23 starts, has an OPS of 891 since the All-Star break. That is a stud. The All-Star break is what, middle of July, so it's barely a month. That's a very small sample size, but it's still, uh, this is the guy that had so many of us so very excited last season. He almost made a great defensive play in left center field. A decent route to the ball, made a nice dive. Unfortunately, the ball hit him right there in the palm, and he's unable to make a spectacular diving catch. But you know it's in there, right? I mean, even though I'll admit I'm, I'm, I'm not going to change my opinion of MJ because what I'm seeing right now is what I saw last year. My question coming into this season was, can you do it for 162? Can you at least be consistent for 162? Can you do something to help the team win on a consistent basis for a full 162? The answer has been no this season. I don't know if it's always going to be no for MJ Melendez, but I was hoping that I would feel about him the way I feel about Bobby and Mike Hell. But I don't. Now, again, I'll acknowledge the power is there. 
the ability is there. The baseball smarts are there. Uh, the athleticism is certainly there. You, again, you, you saw it on the diving catch. You see it as uh, he does have ability to, to steal you know, double-digit bases every single season. He doesn't turn 25 until November. So am I being too tough on MJ Melendez? I mean, I'm seeing it right now, uh, right now on the text line. From the 816, Vern, MJ's two home runs better shut the mouths of all those haters out there. He is the future left fielder of this team. Keep doing your thing. Keep balling out, MJ. Let me know. 913-586-7610. Am I too tough on MJ Melendez? I think I'm holding him to the standard that he created. I was so very impressed with MJ last year. I was impressed with MJ this spring, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Impressed at his, even off the record, I was impressed at his unwillingness to complain. Yeah, that's... I gave him opportunities because I, 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 I wanted to know because to me, I was, uh, I thought he was overworked. I thought they were doing too much with him. You're going to have this guy hit at the top of your lineup. You're going to have him catch twice a week. You're going to have him learn uh, the corner outfield while he bounces between left and right. You're going to have him do all of this in his first full big league season. Man, that's not fair. So I'd present it to him like that. I'd, I'd, I'd give him a leading question here and there. And he never took it. Never wanted that excuse. So I'll give him credit. Now the Royals at the end of April finally say, okay, no more. No more catching. Just focus on the corner outfield position. And, you know, by then his, his, his bat was already struggling. He was subpar defensively, and I I talked about it a lot on this show. Man, it's got to be so tough driving home from the ballpark for MJ right now. You know, team's losing, and I don't know when he puts his head on his pillow what he's telling himself, I did this well today. Sure, we lost, but at least I was able to help my teammates by doing this. I didn't know what he told himself because he wasn't hitting, so he wasn't getting on base, not causing havoc there. I mean, he wasn't an Olivares-esque butcher, but he wasn't good defensively. The first two months of the season had to be miserable for MJ. Now, June looked miserable. But as he said on this show, uh, all-star break really helped. He was able to uh, just get away from performing. You could just work, 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 rest, think about the work, and then get back to work. It wasn't try something new and then, boom, you're in a game fighting for your life. You really want to try something new or are you going to go back to what you've been doing? You're going to go back to what you've been doing. So, yeah, the all-star break, certainly a small sample size, but that 891 OPS, that 281 batting average is certainly encouraging. Look, I, I see the talent. We all see the talent with MJ, but I just hold them to a different standard than I do Drew Waters, Michael Massey, Nick Prado. Because I've watched MJ in the big leagues for more than a year now. I hold them to that Vinny Pasquantino type of expectation, that type of standard. Not a, not a, not a Bobby Witt, you, you need to be the superstar, but I need you to be a middle-of-the-lineup guy. I need you to be the you know, Kyle Schwarber type for this organization. I'm fine if it's a three-true outcome, but I need more power. I need more of what I've seen of late. I need more 900 OPS. I know we should talk about Jordan Lyles and Freddie Fermin going deep late in the game. Congratulations to Jordan Lyles. Eight innings, third time this season. Last time a Royals pitcher threw more uh, eight-inning games was Danny Duffy back in 2016. So credit to Jordan Lyles. He's on pace for more than 170 innings. Say what you will about him. Highest ERA in Major League Baseball among qualified starters. But in my opinion, the dude is earning his money. I've been laughed at plenty when I say that, but I mean it. He's earning that contract. Phone lines are open for you. 913-586-7610. Royals lose in Boston 4-3 the final score. We can dive into what happened in this game. I honestly find the MJ uh, MJ Melendez discussion 
uh, much more interesting. So I hope to hear from you. Phone lines are open, 913-586-7610. Royals lose 4-3. We get to your thoughts after this. Burns Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show. Here's Royals insider Josh Vernier. Royals fall in Game Three of this four-game series to the Boston Red Sox. The record is now thirty-seven and seventy-nine. Let's go right to the phone calls as we talk about MJ Melendez. Four home runs in his last four games. He becomes the sixth player in team history with a multi-homer game at Fenway Park, joining the greats, Amos Otis, Frank White, Hal McRae, Salvador Perez, and Jorge Soler. Let's head out to the Ozarks, talk with Raj. You're hitting leadoff tonight. Raj, always nice to hear from you. How are you? Well, I I hope I do better in the leadoff than Bobby Witt before we moved him. So there you go. (laughs) Everything's good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm uh, disappointed that they lost, but... Eh, it's tough to get upset when the, the you know that that three run fourth inning from Boston was so very uh, fluky that I, I I don't really have a culprit after this one, so I'm in a good mood. Good deal. I want you to finish strong this year, Vern. You've done such a good job all year. Well, let's we'll talk see. about the elephant in the room, MJ. It's absolutely maddening because I don't think there's a right answer for this. Yeah. About the sixth inning, I started looking at, I think you look at it too a lot, baseball savant, and I was just reading everything I could on him last year and this year. Drafted in 2017, I think 52nd pick or something overall. Spent the whole year this year teaching him how to play outfield. All that time that these coaches are putting in, and I really do. I think it's going to come down to a meeting with J.J. and the coaches to think, is he, it can he or can't he? It's like a, boy, that's going to be a heck of a decision. You I know? think he's an and, athlete and that he can, he can, I think he can play that position, Raj. I'm telling you, all what, what really sways me to keep him, and you know he is one heck of an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he was trying to knock it out of our spacious ballpark too hard. I looked at his stats home and away, 231 away. 204 or 5 at home. Nothing really stuck out to me much. But then you look at his exit velocity. He is seventh in the major, all of Major League Baseball. Is it, Vern, make sure I get it right. Is it the speed off the bat? Is that, yeah. is that what I'm yep. reading? Yep, yep, yep. 
I mean, that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And still yet, he's at 220. I mean, it really is maddening. I almost felt like I was playing a chess game against myself trying to come to a conclusion on this. So I, I just th- wanted to throw that out there to you. And I, I really like the guy. And the coaches have invested so much time into him. And I think that might be what sways us down the road. And you look at him and you go, my God, he's Adonis out there, right. you know? Right. right. So that's all I got for you. And it, the Ozarks, it's not Mackinac Island down here right now, Vern. I'll tell you that. Pretty swampy. So yes. anyway, two I beautiful places for your show and wanted I to give you a little it. pep talk too. Well, all thank right. you very talk much. You, I, I, yeah. Hope to finish strong. 46 games to go. Royals right now still on pace to lose 110. The record after this loss is 37 and 79. Dave Holtzman of Bally Sports, Kansas City, um, points out uh, he's always got uh, tremendous facts. Um, but pertaining to MJ Melendez, you look at him, six games at Fenway Park. He's hitting 417. He's got five extra base hits. And yeah, I could see myself going down that. Hey, maybe it's a thing of get away from Kauffman Stadium because you stand up at the dish at the K and you think, oh my God, I got to put every ounce of my person into this swing if I'm going to get it out of this ballpark. And again, that's what MJ Melendez is going to do if he's going to stay in the big leagues. It's hits for extra bases. You know, I mentioned Kyle Schwarber, a guy that strikes out, walks, or hits home runs. That that certainly appears to be the path um, that's going to keep MJ in the game for a very long time. You get outside of Kauffman Stadium, you see the green monster. Um, the only other time he's had a, a multi-homer game in his career was down in Houston, the Crawford boxes out there in left field. Uh, but like most hitters, power hitters, hitters, period. When you're going the other way, that, that that's normally uh, the, the best way to unlock your power. Um, you know, staying back, that's what you saw in his second home run. That's really what you've seen a lot from Michael Massey and MJ Melendez. But Raj, I understand the back and forth that you're having because, I mean, it sounds like you're with me. It sounds like you understand giving MJ Melendez I don't want to say giving him another year because, of course, I'm okay trading him. And like I mentioned last night, all it takes is one or two teams to say, uh, Royals are screwing this kid up. We think he's a catcher. We think he's a catcher that can hit 20 home runs, 25 home runs. And if if you can do that behind the dish while playing at a, a league average level, that's a very valuable position. That's a very valuable commodity that the Royals could have on their hands if an organization or two view him as a catcher. Personally, I again, I, I do not. I, I view him as a DH, as a corner outfielder. Again, the Kyle Schwarber type. He, he turns 25 in November. Now, is he ever going to be that bulky? No. No, I think, again, that's why I think he's he's the type of athlete that if you give him an offseason to work, at this corner outfield position. Now, not to say that he didn't last offseason, but it was still the juggling of, am I a catcher? Am I an outfielder? I'm going to be doing a little bit of both. This offseason, I would like for him to have a plan of, here's what you are. You're not both, you're this. And I'm expecting that this is corner outfielder. 913-586-7610. I'm, I'm, I'm okay trading him. I'm okay bringing him back. Um, but then again, that, that starts up the whole conversation of the, there needs to be roster turnover. Again, the, the only guys that it would truly pain me to see moved out are, are, are Bobby and Michael. That's it. Anyone else, I'm not going to shed a tear. It would hurt to see a lot of them leave, but... It hurts more watching a team lose 79 of its first 116 games. No, no, you, you need to turn this roster over. You need to be transactional, right? So when I ask, am I being too tough on MJ Melendez, I, I bring it up because of what the text line was saying. I, I bring it up because of what I mentioned earlier today on Cody and Gold about Drew Waters, Michael Massey. I, I still... I'm evaluating. I'm Michael Massey, since the start of July, an OPS of 780. 
Now his glove at second base, and again, he turned another nice 4-6-3 inning-ending double play tonight to help out Jordan Lyles. Massey's glove, Drew Waters' glove. The positions that they play, uh, that's going to, in my mind, allow them a little bit longer of a leash. A corner outfielder, a, a, a DH, a three-true outcomes guy, no, I need to see it. I need to see what we've seen since the All-Star break, and that is an 891 OPS. So I ask you, am I being too tough on MJ Melendez? Saying that this is nice, and even if you keep it up for the rest of the season, it's not, it's, it's not changing my opinion. It's not changing the questions that I have about you. Because what you're doing since the All-Star break, what you may do to finish out the season, I think you did it last year. I know you're a big leaguer. I know you got the ability to be a true power hitter in this game. I just need to see you do it. If you're going to have me sign off on it, if I'm J.J. Piccolo and I'm going to say, yes, this is a guy that's a part of our future, this is a winner. I need to see it for 162, and obviously that is no longer possible in 2023. Let's go to the Jay Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. It's the same as our phone number, 913-586-7610. Rally Mantis, uh, what's with you guys always trying to come up with nicknames? I mean, sometimes you're just forcing it. Uh, Slam, MJ Slammin' Melendez, no, that's... Now, you know what, keep trying, I, I appreciate it. Um, from the 816... Vern, it's just constant strikeouts and cold streaks and a bad average from MJ Melendez. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the, there are um, a lot of strikeouts. There's, there's Certainly this season, there have been a lot of strikeouts. That's been the issue. And again, the, you know, wh what we're being encouraged by is still a very small sample size. But to go back to Raj's call, that athleticism, you can dream on that athleticism. Again, not, not that he's going to be some spectacular defender. But I I feel as if, you know, uh, no, you, 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 I don't know if we should start the Kyle Isbell conversation as well. I don't know how many spectacular defenders I need in the outfield. If you give me one in center, I, flank him with a bat. Flank him with two bats. If MJ can pound 25 home runs... And Drew Waters, who doesn't turn 25 until this offseason, you know, if, if, if he can become an 800 OPS guy like he's been since uh, over his past month of baseball, that, that's what I need. I, I don't need you to be spectacular defenders. We can allow Kyle Isbell or fill-in-the-blank terrific defensive uh, bad bat center fielder. You, you, I, I can find those guys, the Michael A. Taylors, I feel like you can find those guys. I need power in the corners. You know, I'm getting power from the shortstop position so I can have that offset a lack of power in center field. So, yeah, I, I understand the below average defense and the low batting average and the strikeouts. I, it's a different game. A low batting average and a lot of strikeouts you can live with that if it's being offset by walks and home runs. Lately, the walks and the home runs are showing up for MJ. Now, last year, he led the team in walks. He was at the near the top in home runs. So that, that, that's what you dream on, the athleticism and the ability to hit bombs and have a decent on-base percentage. It's in there. I'm not hanging up a phone if, if someone calls offering a trade. But let's not get my high standard for MJ Melendez confused with uh, giving up on the young man. Now, I still believe there's a talented ball player that can put up 25 home runs on a consistent basis at the big league level. I still think it's in there. But if I'm J.J. Piccolo and John Sherman comes to me and says, all right, who's on this team? Who are we? Uh, you know, or J.J. Piccolo asks me, all right, who shouldn't I trade? I'm not mentioning MJ Melendez. He hasn't done that. He hasn't passed this evaluation season in my mind just yet. How about you? 913-586-7610. Let's head out to Burlington. 
talk with Ryan. You're on 610 Sports Radio. Go ahead, Ryan. Hey, Josh. Man, I just don't think you can live with both MJ and Drew Waters in our outfield and expect us to be competitive. I mean, you got to go one or the other. Um, I'm not ready to give up on MJ yet, but he, he's got to prove it to me the rest of this year and even, you know, the next two months of next year. So who would you choose then, MJ or Waters? Because I think you make a really good point. Uh, right now, you know, I would choose MJ. He, you know, to me, he's more raw. Uh, Drew Waters, I, I think he strikes out too much. Um, like I said, you know, when we were good, we had two great outfielders in, in Lorenzo Kane and Alex Gordon. Um, so I think you got to have two. Kyle Isbell is not it, definitely. Um, but you got to choose one of MJ or Drew, and, and you got to roll with them. And, and then, you know, you got to find the other two. Right, right. Uh, good stuff, Ryan. I appreciate it. See, this is why I'm really not talking all that much about Jordan Lyles or why they lost and how goofy this game was. It doesn't interest me. 42 games below 500, 47 games below 500. Who cares? MJ Melendez, Drew Waters, Michael Massey, Kyle Isbell. These are the conversations that not only Royals fans are having, but they're having inside of Kauffman Stadium as we speak. These are the decisions that now, with only 46 games remaining in this evaluation season, time's almost up. Time's up for the players to make their statements. Time's almost up for the organization to make their decisions of, of who are we offering up. When we call fill-in-the-blank organization because we want that starting pitcher, who's that first name that comes out of our mouth? Because when that name comes out, Everyone's going to find out. Now, we know Salvi and Singer, we, we've, we've had that conversation. But Massey, Melendez, Prado, Waters, Isbell, Vinny, I know he's coming off of injury, but those offensive numbers are undeniable. Vinny's a monster at the dish. It's a really good point, though, as far as the outfield is concerned. Now, you said we had... Uh, Royals had two great outfielders in the championship run, and you're and you're right, yeah, yeah, Gordo and uh, Lorenzo Cain, and then you had just you know Nori, and then Alex Rios and Paulo Orlando. Uh, that that was the you know, low man on the totem pole was your right fielder. So okay, you need two. You know what? But before we get it. Let me just take a step back because the way that I look at a championship team is you got to be strong defensively up the middle. Uh, that's number one. And if you get offense from three of the four players up the middle, you can, for lack of a better term, you, you can punt on offense in one of those other spots. Because you're getting offense in, in, in the championship year. You're getting offense from your catcher, which isn't normal. You were getting offense from your center fielder, Lorenzo Kane. That wasn't normal. And you were getting offense from your second baseman in Ben Zobrist. The one spot that he kind of punted defensively was shortstop. Elcides Escobar, I know he was, he was the leadoff hitter. And the ALCS MVP. But he wasn't an offensive threat. But because you had three of those key four positions, you had three of them producing at a high level, putting up a high OPS, you could have right field be that low man on the totem pole. So as you're building this Royals team, you build it up the middle, catcher, second, short, and center. You know you got power. You know you got the total package at shortstop. Now, Michael Massey, big question mark. He could answer a lot of issues for this team. He could be the answer to a lot of the issues that ail this team. Center field, catcher. Is it Fermin? Is it Salvi? Center, is it Isbell? Is it Waters? Do you have that guy in the organization? So that's where I begin. Are we ruling out Drew Waters as that center fielder? Because Drew Waters, again, since the All-Star break and OPS, right around 800. He's got decent speed. Now, he's not the defender that Kyle Isbell is, but Isbell's not hitting all that much. Hitting, what, 263 since the start of July and OPS right around 700. 
Now, Isbell can get by if he has a strong bat in left, a strong bat in right, a strong bat behind the dish, and a strong bat at second base to go alongside Bobby Witt Jr. Now, this team needs a lot. But I like stuff like that, Ryan, where it's, it's one or the other because that, those are the conversations that need to happen. You know, I've posed one. Uh, the, the, the catcher slash first baseman on this team. I think one of them got to go this offseason. Vinny, Salvi, Freddie, or Prado. One of them's got to go. Waters or Melendez? Okay, that, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, way to look at it, that, that one of them need to go. 913-586-7610. Freddie Fermin, by the way, he's hitting 351 since the All-Star break. He's got an OPS well over 1,000 over the past month. These are difficult decisions. Now, Waters and Melendez, if it came down to those two, I'd lean Waters. I'd lean the high defensive upside. I like the switch hitter. He's... A few months younger than MJ. So I'll lean Waters. And then as far as that catcher first baseman group, I think Salvi brings you the most so long as you're willing to eat half of the contract. Vinny's hurt, Prado's hurt, Freddie's 28. I think Salvi's the easiest to move, followed by Vinny Pasquantino. Hey, this is what needs to happen. If you're going to tell me it's an evaluation season, we got to abide by the results. And the results right now is you're one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. I I understand they've been playing better of late. Um, won eight of the last, what, 13? You know, scoring, I, yeah, I, I get it all. I understand how well they've been playing. But there's only so many of these guys that you can bring back next season and Tell the fan base we're in a good spot. I asked the question earlier today on the On Deck Show, uh, comparing this team heading into the offseason to where the 2012 team was heading into that offseason. And I asked, does J.J. Piccolo have the same type of core that Dayton Moore did? Going into that 2012 offseason, Dayton Moore had Salvador Perez, Lorenzo Cain, Alcides Escobar, Eric Hosmer, and Mike Moustakis, all of them under contract for five more years. So he trades for Shields and Santana and and signs up Jeremy Guthrie and brings in Wade Davis and made sure that those bats, that core, had some reinforcements on the mound. Does J.J. Piccolo have a core like that, five deep? Now, I know he doesn't have a core that's going to be around for five more years. Bobby's only under contract for four. But Bobby, Michael, Vinny, I don't, I don't know who the other two would be. I'd love to say Massey and Waters. I'd love to say MJ and Isbell, but I can't. So, no, I, I, I don't think that Piccolo has the same type of core that Dayton did after 2012. So I don't know right now if these young bats have done enough to tell John Sherman and J.J. Piccolo, go get us reinforcements. Go get us some pitching so we can get after it in 2024, just like the Royals did in 2013. I say no. What about you? Phone lines are open, 913-586-7610. We'll hear from you. We'll head inside the Royals Clubhouse, and we'll take a dive into the text line after this. Firm's post-game show on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. 
Subscribe to AtBat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio. And the 1-1. And he swings and it's that one deep to right field. Back goes Verdugo looking up and that ball is long gone. Over the Royals bullpen into the seats beyond. And the Royals take a 1-0 lead on an MJ Melendez home run. His 11th on the year, his 40th run driven in. 445 feet. A blast to right for MJ Melendez. And no doubter, Steve Stewart on the call. 1-1 fastball, belt high, didn't miss it. MJ ends up getting Nick Pavetta again in the fourth inning. This uh, fastball on a 1-2 pitch. Basically, it was the fifth pitch of the at-bat. Basically, the first... um, Fifth pitch of the at-bat. Basically, the same pitch as the first of the at-bat. Same spot. MJ just goes with it, puts a beautiful swing on a 1-2 fastball and belts it for his second home run of the game, his 12th home run of the season. Um, But unfortunately, the Royals lose 4-3. Goofy game, quickly. Uh, That home run, yes, gave the Royals a 1-0 lead, but it was given right back as Tristan Casas takes a first pitch fastball, middle, middle from Jordan Lyles, takes in bridge, 431 feet. So it's a 1-1 game just like that. MJ with a leadoff home run in the fourth. Royals retake the lead 2-1, but then in the fourth inning, leadoff double from Yoshida, uh, a high fly ball into no man's land behind first base. Michael Massey's near it, but then loses the ball in the lights. It falls, and Yoshida finds himself on second base. Um, After a one-out walk, a two-out double from Alex Verdugo plates Yoshida. Um, so the run comes in to score with two outs. If the play is made, Verdugo never comes to the dish, and that three-run fourth inning never happens. And there was more to it than just the losing the ball in the lights. You get a catcher's interference on Freddie Fermin that turns into the fourth Boston run, turns into the game-winning Boston run there in the three-run fourth inning. Royals offensively were also robbed of a run. Came in the second inning. Yes, MJ Melendez hits the leadoff home run. Um, But then Matt Duffy reaches on a two-out error. Kyle Isbell comes to the dish and hits a rocket right at the green monster. Hits it so hard, it, it breaks one of the lights on the lower portion of the monster. You know, the, the lights that light up to let you know, one ball, two ball, uh, one ball, one strike. Uh, breaks one of those lights and the ball goes in the light socket. So it, it counts as a ground rule double. So instead of Duffy, who was about to touch home, if that ball caroms off of the green monster and Yoshida just has to play it, it's 2 nothing Kansas City there in the second inning. Instead, Duffy has to hold up at third. Isbell's given a ground rule double. And then Michael Garcia hits a bullet to deep right field. Great defensive play by Alex Verdugo, saving at least two runs there. So nice defense from Boston, but also some good luck for Boston with that light bulb exploding and uh, becoming the new home for that baseball. So you're robbed of a run in the second inning. Uh, You're robbed of three runs because you lose the ball in the lights in the fourth. Just a strange game. So that's why I say it's a tough one. That's why I say it's a a strange one tonight as the Royals lose 4-3. Phone lines are open for you, 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. Here's what tonight's, sadly, losing pitcher uh, did not deserve the loss again. If the play's made by Massey or Drew Waters coming in from right field, if they don't lose that ball in the lights, he's going eight innings of one-run baseball. No, instead it's eight run, or excuse me, eight innings of four-run baseball, seven hits, only one walk, six strikeouts. Lyles has gone at least five innings in thirteen straight starts. 
He had a one, two, three first inning. He never does that. He's only done that five times all year. He's made 22 starts. He retired the side in order in the first for just the fifth time. His record is now 3-13. and 13. That is unfortunate. Let's hear what Jordan Lyles had to say after the game to Bally Sports, Kansas City. Uh, longer big inning um, obviously that's what the game came came, came down to and um, yeah I thought we threw a little bit better than the three or four runs four runs that we gave up but um, is what it is uh, tough loss I feel like a couple bad breaks in that fourth inning changed the outcome for you yes when you look at just your, your pitch selection today, um, what did you rely on the most and what do you feel like you were able to use as you continue to go forward? Yeah, they had a decent amount of lefties. Uh, we had the changeup going for the most part tonight. And then uh, we were doing a lot of cutters in to those lefties and then change-ups off of it. Um, we kind of stuck with that sequence a, a good amount of the time, sprinkling in some, some uh uh, uh, some sweepers in there, but definitely the, the cutter in and change up down and away combo. Uh, I think we, we, we relied on that a decent amount for sure. Uh, that catcher's interference, is that, um, did you see that right away or how was that explained? No, no I didn't see it until uh, I think the home umpire came out onto the middle of the diamond and kind of started yelling. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, obviously, the crowd's loud here, and they're kind of on the field. Um, yeah, you can't hear the little flick of the glove. Just uh, one of those unfortunate things. Guys are being told to get closer and closer to the batter to, for pitch framing. So it happens. Part of the game. Uh, I need to make better pitches after that. I think I sprinkled in a gave up a hit after that. Um, and a couple of those uh, mis misfortune plays, I, I got to do a better job of picking up my teammates. Um, it seems like this year I haven't done a, a good job at that, of getting that fourth out, maybe that fourth or fifth out of the inning. Um, so I got to be I gotta be better at picking them up in those situations. That's a pro right there, ladies and gentlemen. That is a professional. You, you heard Annie Rogers, MLB, asked the question, hey, did you feel like that fourth inning was a little goofy, kind of out of your control? He just refuses to make excuses, refuses to point fingers. I respect it. I understand a lot of you scoff whenever I say anything positive about Jordan Lyles, but he deserves it, man. I know he's being paid handsomely, but there are a lot of guys that would, hey, you know what, my shoulder is hurting me. I'm going to hit the IL for a couple of weeks real quick. Now, he continues to take the ball. He's 0-12. He's, you know, people are laughing at him coast to coast. Takes the ball, credits his defense, credits his catcher, doesn't make excuses. Got a lot of respect for Jordan Lyles. Uh, let's go to the text line, the J Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. From the 785, Vern, those Boston uniforms are giving me a headache. I'm not uh, the biggest fan of their, uh, what are those, City Connect jerseys, but they're now... 23 and 6 when they wear them. So you're probably going to see them again tomorrow. Uh, John in Mission. Vern, I still see parts of a winner. Just need people, people on base when MJ's going off like that. So close to making the play as well in left center field. Nice night for MJ. Let's get him tomorrow. Signed John in Mission. Mike from Blue Springs writes in Vern, I feel awful for Jordan Lyles. He deserves better for sure. And unfortunately, even though MJ is showing better offense and some adjustments following the All-Star break, we just don't have a place to hide him on defense, Fern. He's a left-handed version of Edward Olivares. Signed Mike from Blue Springs. Well, I'm not trying to be sarcastic here, but I think MJ right now was a more, or excuse me, I think Edward Olivares right now was a more consistent bat than MJ. And I don't think MJ will be the butcher in a corner outfield spot when he's 26, 27 like Edward Olivares. If he gets his money, if he gets as many reps in the outfield as Ali has, uh, I, I think MJ will be the superior defender. From the 6-2-0, Vern, we're 20 wins away from being duped again into having hope for next season. 
20 wins, 20 and 27. Uh, no, it would be 20 and 26 down the stretch, and that's what you think is going to dupe this city. Yeah, you know what? You might be right. Yeah, that, that, that. I don't know, man. I, I, I talk to a lot of Royals fans, not only on this show, but out at Kauffman Stadium around the city. I, I don't think people are being duped. Not, not by this team. And I, and I know what you're talking about. I, 2019. Mondi and Soler and Dozier and Merrifield and Salvi. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, I was all fired up going into that 2020 season. And then going into 2020, oh, man, Lynch and Singer and Bubich to go along with uh, Danny Duffy going into 2021. Yeah, I understand the September flirtation with quality baseball. I don't think that's happening this year, and if it does happen, I think it's going to be because of the pitching. If it happens, I think it's because of Brady, Reagans, Marsh, Austin Cox. I don't know if the bats can do it. Because Bobby and Michael Garcia have been doing it now for months. Right? Bobby extends his on-base streak tonight to 11 games, hitting 435 in that stretch with an OPS just shy of 1,300. Michael Garcia extended his hitting streak to a new career high, 13 games. He's hitting 296 in that stretch. So Michael and Bobby have been good all year. Vinny was outstanding when he was healthy. And that's not getting people going for next year. If Massey and Waters finish with a flourish, maybe that could do it. But shoot, man, I've been talking about MJ Melendez all night, and it looks like the text line is in between, if not leaning towards not buying it with Melendez. So I don't think this offense, these young hitters, can dupe the fans. Or even if it's not duping them, even if they earn excitement, I don't think they're going to get it. I think pitching. Everyone now understands what this team needs more than anything else is pitching. So unless Cole Reagans keeps it up and Brady Singer keeps it up and Alec Marsh locks into form? Unless those things happen, no. I I think this offseason, the onus is on the front office to stir up some excitement. From the 913, Vern, regarding MJ Melendez, he's a negative war player. And until the defense improves, uh, he's on the fence. I don't know what that means, he's on the fence. I think it means uh, you're not a fan. I think that's what that means. Ryan from Olathe, Vern, I know you've mentioned over the past few days that starting pitching is paramount, and I agree. But when I think about the rotation next year, I can only rely on Singer and Lyles right now. And Lyles isn't a stellar pitcher by any means. So what's your picture of the rotation next year at the current moment? What does it look like? I know we need to make some moves, but what does the rotation for 2024 look like? Well, yeah, you're right. No, it's Singer and Lyles. That's it. I'm with you. I don't really have all that much to add. You hope you can pencil in Cole Reagan's name, but I'm certainly not going to do that after only three starts. Finish strong. Give me another eight, nine, ten starts. Uh, quality starts. I'll do that, and then, yeah, okay, Brady Singer's my number three. Cole Reagan's is my number four. Jordan Lyles is my number five. John Sherman, J.J. Piccolo, go get me a number one, go get me a number two. Back to the text line. From the 913, Vern, what do you think the return for MJ Melendez would be? Uh, Well, I, I certainly don't think he's going to bring you a big league prize one for one. Right, if, if we're having this discussion about him in Kansas City, other organizations know that, shoot, man, the, the, the people in Kansas City aren't even sold on him. Why, why are we going to part with anything that we really like for one guy that they're not even sold on? Even if we like him, we know that you're not sold on him, so we're going to lowball you. So I don't think Melendez, I really don't think many on this team, maybe outside of Salvador Perez or Brady Singer, Outside of those two, I don't think there's anybody on this team that you're willing to move that is 
good enough to be moved one for one. And you get something back in return that's going to help you in 2024. No, if you're going to get that number one, number two starting pitcher, you're going to need to package a MJ Melendez with a minor league arm. It's, it's you know, a lot like the Will Myers move, right? You bring in James Shields, Wade Davis, and Elliot Johnson. You part with Jake Odorizzi, Will Myers, Patrick Leonard, and Mike Montgomery. And so you get three players you trade for. That's what it's going to take. That, that's how you move Prado or Vinny or Melendez or whoever you're moving. That's how you do it. Katie on the East Coast writes in, Vern, uh, batting average of 223 with subpar defense. It's hard to depend on MJ, but apparently the people that get paid see more than I do. So I'm cheering for him. Let's go MJ. Signed Katie on the East Coast. Well, Katie, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how much the people that get paid, we'll see how much they think of them. We'll see that this offseason. And you're right. Um, a 682 OPS, a 223 batting average, yeah, neither one of those things are good enough. 100% right. Especially, as you point out, with subpar defense. I'm fine with the batting average. I'm, I'm fine with the 220 batting average but I need that on-base percentage up and I need that OPS up, right? I I need the on-base up and I need the slugging up. You could be a three true outcomes guy. You can even have a slightly below average glove, but you got to get that OPS north of 750 for a season. Katie, thanks for listening as always. From the 816, Vern, imagine if the Royals finished 30 and 15. That put him at 68 and 94. <laughs> All right. Congratulations on your math degree. From the 918, Vern, I'm right with you where you're at on MJ. But can we have a Kyle Isbell discussion? I know you put Isbell in a different category than Massey and Waters, but what do you think the Royals need to see out of him offensively, given his defensive tools to be a starter in 2024? I appreciate it. Um, what, what do they need to see? Honestly, I, I think what they need is, is, is what he's been doing since the start of July. Just about 30 games, batting average around 263, and OPS around 700. Now, if you can be, you know, similar to uh, uh, Michael A. Taylor, if you can be a defensive first, I can execute the bunt, I can move the runner, I can steal a bag, I can play team first baseball. If you can do that offensively with that superb glove, you're going to have a role in the big leagues. I don't know if you're going to have a role in Kansas City because, again, the only way that Kyle Isbell can hide in the lineup is if there are seven other above-average bats in the lineup. I got no issue with two spots being... Defensive first. And center field, I certainly have no problem with that, a la Michael A. Taylor. But you got to have a lot of above-average bats surrounding them. So then, so then we don't have what has really been in Kansas City since 2018, and that is, you know, 7-8-9 was a graveyard in the lineup. You got you got a few nice hitters in the one, two, three, four spots, guys that can do damage hitting five and six, and then just three automatic outs. You can have one, maybe two automatic outs, but then the other seven batters in the lineup got to be doing damage. And right now you don't have enough damage doers in the lineup to offset the below league average bat of Kyle Isbell. Few more from the text line, the J Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. From the 785, Vern, the Royals are going to be the team that no one wants to play down the stretch. Yeah, again, guys, pitching is what matters. And what about this pitching staff leads you to believe that? A fight at the bat rack to face anybody not named Hernandez, Singer, or Reagans. From the 913, Vern, MJ is only an outfielder because of Salvi. If Salvi gets traded, um, he has more value as a catcher than an outfielder. Yeah, I, I agree. 
and and yeah, yeah. If Salvi wasn't here, yeah, maybe MJ is is behind the dish. I don't know if he's any good behind the dish, though. Let's not assume that he's Freddie for mean behind the dish. By the way, Freddie with just a great throw to get uh, the third and final out of that third inning. Uh, strike him out, throw him out. Gets Pablo Reyes at second base. Great tag by Bobby Witt Jr. as well. So, yeah, yeah, he's in the outfield because of Salvador Perez, and he's also in the outfield because there are quite a few guys in this organization that are better defensive catchers than MJ. From the 816, Vern to the Royals call up Devin Mann this season or next. For those unaware, Devin Mann is the 26-year-old infielder the Royals got from the Dodgers in the Ryan Yarbrough trade. Big numbers, um, but I'm curious, is he a 4A player? No. Uh, does that 800-900 OPS in AAA translate to the big leagues? Because the Dodgers haven't given him a shot. Understandably so, the Dodgers have so much freaking talent. Uh, but to answer your question, I would say next year. I'd say he'd compete for a spot on the team next year in spring training. Um, from the 816, Vern, is MJ Melendez just Hunter Dozier? Uh, no, Dozier was a lot more versatile than MJ Melendez. But we'll see. You know, that, that, that's the only difference I see right now, is that MJ isn't as versatile as Hunter Dozier. But that's interesting. That'll be um, scary and interesting to watch. Stefan writes in, Vern, what if a stud third baseman becomes available in the offseason? I know it's a long shot, but would the Royals consider moving Bobby to center and Mike Held to short? Along with Massey, that makes you pretty strong up the middle, right? Yeah, it does, and, and, and they have considered Bobby as a center fielder. They've also considered Michael Garcia as a center fielder. You'll remember, played some center field in spring training this year. Um, but no, 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 I, I, don't, I don't see that. Um, maybe down the line. Actually, let me put it this way, Stefan. If you're trying to win in 2024, there's just no way you do that. Because, again, you, you can't ask a guy to learn a defensive position at the big league level. Um, so if you're trying to win in 2024, no, you can't do that. It might even be tough to do that in 2025. Uh, furthermore, you only got four more years of Bobby Witt Jr. Don't you think the kid deserves an opportunity to stay at one spot? Uh, statistically, he's one of the best defensive shortstops in Major League Baseball. So, no. No, my answer would be no. He's staying at short. Uh, Mike Hell could move. I don't, I don't see a reason to move him off a of third base, especially with the power that you're getting from shortstop. You know, if he can produce like a good shortstop, Mike Hell, that is. If he can produce like a good shortstop, Bobby, it looks like, is producing like a good third baseman, so they kind of offset. Appreciate you listening as always, Stefan. Thanks to our friends at J Southland Toe Service, always bringing you my game notes following each and every one of these Royals games. Freddie Fermin, haven't mentioned him yet. That home run there in the ninth inning is third home run of the road trip. First pitch cutter, and he was ready for it, taking future Hall of Famer Kenley Jansen deep. Nice job, Freddie Fermin, who suddenly has nine home runs. Uh, yeah, suddenly he is, uh, what, fifth on the team? Bobby, Salvi, MJ, Massey, Freddie Fermin tied with Vinny Pasquantino for the fifth most home runs on this Royals ball club. Coming up tomorrow, it's Austin Cox squaring off with a fellow lefty, James Paxton. A 6-10 first pitch. I got the on-deck show beginning at 5 o'clock. Now, Austin Cox just serving as the opener. Maybe you see him out there for a couple of innings and then hand it off to Alec Marsh. I like it. I like it. Also curious, uh, is, is Alec Marsh a starter? Because that stuff would be big out of the bullpen, I'll tell you that right now. Hey, Blake Schneiders, thank you very much. Great job tonight. Kansas City, I appreciate you listening. Do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Take care. You've been listening to Vern's Post Game Show. Diving is MJ Melendez. Did he make that catch? He did! Check out the All Things Vern channel on 610sports.com and the Odyssey app to stay up to date with your boys in blue. And a swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball. Seven strikeout for Daniel Lynch. On your home of the Royals, 610 Sports Radio. We now take you back to regularly scheduled programming.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 